The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. So quite often, Colin gets a, a complicated concept and then breaks it down for us and helps us understand it. Tonight, he's got three complicated concepts all in one sentence. Um, there is uh, chatbots, chatbot GPT, AI, artificial intelligence. But then just to make it a little bit more interesting, he's calling it open AI because AI is no longer good enough. It's got to be open AI. Uh, what is open IA? What is open AI's chat GPT chatbot? My goodness gracious me. I, I don't even I can't even read the sentence. It's such garbage. What is this you're talking about? I know how you feel. Uh, on, on the face of it, these should be words that we all understand. And when you say them, you go, yes, of course, I understand that. But in this particular realm, they're very difficult to get your head around this stuff. Uh, and I'm reminded of a, a line. Uh, they call it the third law for Arthur C. Clarke. He was a sort of futurist and science fiction writer. They got quite a lot of stuff right as it goes. Anyway, in 1973, he came up with a line that said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And it kind of applies to the way we approach this AI stuff. Because on the face of it, when a machine does quite impressive things, we kind of think, oh, how's it doing that? And as soon as somebody attempts to try and explain, you go, nah, I don't do, hello, that's just magic. And, and that's, that's as far as you can get. Um, but I'm going to start by trying to explain this to you in a, in a way that is a lot more human in a way that you don't think uh, uh, robots or machines operate at all with emotion. And effectively, what they're almost attempting to try and do is replicate our, bil- our ability with emotion. Now, you wouldn't have thought our clever brains and our uh, you know, mental abilities are down to an emotional thing. But if you think about what emotions are there for, they're fantastic probability detectors. So when you smile, as I said, that you're thinking, oh boy, where is he going with this? Or possibly you're thinking, oh, he's definitely going to fall off a cliff with this one, which would be an emotional response to what it is mm-hmm. I'm saying. And the thing that made a big aha moment for me is when somebody asked me and they said, what's the difference in terms of what you feel and what you experience for somebody who's experiencing fear or excitement? And I realized it's the same thing. It's the context. It's what comes next that you anticipate that makes the difference. Somebody on a plane that's about to crash versus somebody on a roller coaster is probably saying and doing very similar things. But it's the difference about why they're doing that that makes it so amazing. The outcome is going to be different. The outcome is going to be different. And this was the challenge that they had to do mathematically to work out what on earth humans are on about when they're having conversations and describing things, which is the challenge they had to solve with these machines. And so the AI started off in very simple terms, and now they're getting to this notion of the GPT, the put that's in the chat part there, which stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformers. And it comes from the crowd called OpenAI, which is a company at one point attached with Elon Musk, but he's since left because it was actually doing stuff and he thought <laughs> they're going to destroy us all or something along those lines. Uh, but they'll continue to do the work, and this is, this is one of the things that they're doing. And the notion why it's made such a big deal recently is on the 30th of November, uh, they made the thing available to anybody who wanted to log in and started chatting with it. And a lot of people did, and a lot of people went, "Ooh, wow, this is amazing!" And as because so often, when I mean, and a couple of companies are using chatbots now, and you, it's insurance companies. If you've got fairly simple questions, you can say, "Could I have my statement, please? What's your account number? Three two one five six five four three two one. Um, and um, what date would you like it? Like June twenty fifteen to present. Um, and it can then deliver you that stuff, and that's very useful. You don't have to phone a call center. You can do it at midnight." Um, and that's very useful. This is something fundamentally different from the basic instruction-based 
relationship with a a computer that you're asking to give you information. Yeah, if you imagine the old ones were sort of uh, ask and respond. So there was yeah. a set bunch of questions and it could it could simply give you if prompted with this give this answer the newer versions can take context into account they can take different ways of phrasing things they can listen to tone and, and intent uh, and come up with something better than that and in trying to explain sort of the difference or, or how it comes about i thought it actually use good old chatbot gpt itself because it uses things like tokens and positional conditioning and attention and self-attention and very very complex stuff that you know, information scientists, mathematicians, etc., busy themselves with. So, um, have you gone and had a conversation with this bot? I certainly attempted one, and I will now give you some of the uh, the, the outcomes. So, one of the things I, I want to do, have it explained to me, because it seems to be fundamental to how these things works, is the notion of a Markov chain. Something coming up by a very clever mathematician back back in the day, long before the computers were capable of necessarily doing with these things. So, I went to uh, ChatGPT. And I asked ChatGPT what a Markov chain is. But because it responds in text, and I can't play text to you, I then put it through another AI, which converts text to speech. And here was the answer it gave. A Markov chain is a mathematical system that undergoes transitions from one state to another according to certain probabilistic rules. The defining characteristic of a Markov chain is that no matter how the system arrived at its current state, the possible future states are fixed. In other words, the probability of transitioning to any particular state is dependent solely on the current state and time elapsed. I have lost already. Markov chains have many applications in modeling diverse no, systems in physics, it. biology, economics, and computer science. Uh, me too. All right. So let me try and simplify that, even though that is 100% correct. And I've got to say, that was a particularly good voice for a freely available AI on the that, Internet that you just stick some text in and it'll tell it back. It is absolutely frightening. Actually. Sounding pretty good. Yeah, it's better than most of the books on Audible. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is some of the applications where those things yeah. are coming from. So here's how a Markov chain works. Let's assume we're going to busy ourselves in the business world and say, will the stock market tomorrow go up, go down or stay the same? There's only three states it can be. In. It's not going to you know, disappear. So a Markov chain uh, is concerned with saying in the past, what did it do when it was uh, of a high? Did it go up or down? Did it stay the same? And then it works out a probability, a, a ratio of the likelihood that one day, two days, three days, it'll go up, down or, or different. If you've got a small data set, it'll be highly variable because you won't know. But when you go back to as long as the stock market has been open, you'll start seeing some patterns develop. You'll start getting a bit of a ratio. And if you apply the ratio to the future, you start getting a prediction of what will come next. Now, if that could conclude that particular simple calculation, uh, there'd be some people very rich and the rest of us all be wondering what's going on. It's way more complicated than that. But that's what they're trying to do. And effectively, that's what they've done with language. As I'm speaking to you, my brain is formulating words based on the language and grammar of the system we use and then formulate them and I'm pushing them out in a sequence for you. You interpret them in a sequence to understand them to mean something. Possibly in that case, they didn't mean anything, but you understood all the words. Yes, I understood the individual words, but I got lost on the second state. Exactly. So in the past, and this comes from sort of translations, a machine would read the words, take the first word, say, what's that word in another language, and then put it back. And then realize at the end of the sentence, they, they'd got a they got all the right words, but it doesn't make any sense. They couldn't understand the grammar context. So that's where it's shifted now with these transformers, why they call them transformers. They can take up to, in the case of GPT-3, up to 2,000 different tokens. These are words, for example, so a whole paragraph of text. And unlike you and I, which can't remember 2,000 words at the same time, we'll be able to process all of them at the same time and then work out what is it you either asked or what kind of answer would you like. Or perhaps if you prompt me, say, give me a plot script that would involve Bruce Whitfield and a farm and make it set in out of Africa. 
then it'll just write this thing for you based on the fact that it's read the internet. All the books and everything else that's publicly published is available there. And it's actually not terrible at doing so, which again, where it becomes a very useful tool for saying, I need some ideas for my show tomorrow. I need some ideas for how to write this article. And it, it, I guess when I wrote this article, it kind of helped me. It corrected my spelling. It was suggesting when I got my grammar wrong. And, and the next step will probably be to tell me, listen, what you just wrote there is poppycock. It's actually this. And then ask me to change it. So that's how these things start working. They start getting really good. And earlier this year, we chatted about Lambda. This is the yes. Google version that one of the researchers that was trying to check if this thing's going to go off the rails said, man, this is starting, he thinks this thing is, is alive, which is kind of crazy. So that's the point where we go, wow, magic, all oh, amazing. So let me play you the second clip I did with chat GPT. What was the question? What's the fastest marine mammal? You want to hazard a guess if you happen to know? The fastest marine mammal, it's got to be a dolphin of some description or an orca. Very, very close. Okay. Look how close this thing came. The fastest marine mammal is the peregrine falcon. It is capable of diving at speeds of over 240 miles per hour when hunting for prey. However, among mammals, the fastest is the sailfish, which can swim at speeds of up to 68 miles per hour. So... Our, uh, our, our positions in the pub quiz are, are, are safe. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it, is um, the, it is the pilot well for those who actually uh, went to go and find out. Okay. But yeah, but selfish. Caught one of those once. Wow. And they are fast. That is the fastest fish in the sea. So the fastest marine animal. Uh, just not the fastest uh, marine mammal, which Absolutely. I was specifically asking, certainly not the bird, uh, which, which it kind of gets wrong. And this is kind of also on the basis that it's just scooping up huge amounts of information yeah. and trying to predict what the next bits are. I did try it as well to say, what's the f fastest marine animal? Thinking, okay, I've, I've, I've made it more difficult by calling a mammal. A mammal's not really in the sea. Still got it wrong because it just didn't quite know where it goes. Yeah. I did also then try some other ones to try and go a little crazy. I said, what would you say if I said, I will not buy this record? It is scratched. To which it said, well, that would depend if the record was actually scratched. Kind of went to Wendy Nolan mode on me okay. and said, well, then perhaps it should change the record and everything else. And then I said, do you know who Monty Python is? And it does. It, it told me all their names and what they did and everything else. And I said, do you wear their sketches? I said, yes, it does. And I says, so now what does it mean to you when I say I will not buy this record? It is scratched. It just once again told me, it says, well, that will be subjective based on what you think about it. So these are the challenges that it still has. It doesn't really get context. It doesn't really understand anything else. But I'm quite relieved by that. Yeah, and the, 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 the future of Atomize, the need for John Connor to have to come along and save us from this thing is, is way, way overstated. But they are getting incredibly good, which means for business uses, apparently one in six globally people are working with these chatbots already. And a third of them have no idea that it's a bot. They think it's a human. Uh, for somebody who's, and, and this is where it was very useful, if you're like a, a student, you're saying, oh, I can't understand this thing. You ask it to tell you, like, why does this mathematical thing do this? Or why is the peregrine falcon faster than a sailfish? And it'll keep telling you until you say, okay, okay, now I get it. Uh, and for programming, which is probably the largest area where most of humanity is now going to be invested. You can tell this thing, how do I code this thing to do that thing? And it'll generate the code for you. And then when you run it, it works. So you can see where the opportunities come from this thing. But before that, there will be somebody who will generate a whole bunch of bullshit articles, post them on the internet, trying to get some advertising, which the rest of us will read and think it's true when it isn't like fastest mammal in the yes. sea. And that's what we're going to have to survive first. Colin Cullis, Business Unusual, deep insight this evening. Thank you. And a bit of fun as well, messing with artificial intelligence. It'll come back and get you, you know.